right, quick disclaimer before we get into this one. There's a lot of talk about sex. Explicit warning. Yeah. If you're a family member or a friend, which comprises all of the people who listen to this podcast, (laughs) (laughs) you might want to just know that you don't have to listen. I'd like to uh, modify this disclaimer. Modify it. Because I feel like this disclaimer is just putting up a big gate and being like, if you want to hear us talk about the goop goop, continue on. But oh if you don't. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, just do the disclaimer you want to do then. All I'm saying is, I think this conversation is important. And I think it's a decision, it's a choice to have a sexually detailed and explicit conversation. So I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I want to just balance out against. Hey, big, big warning to everyone who might be related to us or not want to get to know us on that level. Yes. Disclaimer. Sex talk. I don't think there should be a warning. I think we should just say just quick disclaimer. This was one of our more intimate conversations in which we had a really hard conversation about things that have been happening in our sex life. And the details of the conversation, I don't know, might have been gratuitous, but I think help give context to the conversation. Otherwise, it's just talking in the abstract and being like, when we have sex. So, buckle up. (laughs) Grab a pack of cigs, run a cold shower. Once you're on the ride, you can't get off. Someone tries to X out and all of a sudden there's like a SWAT team in their living room. That's a real thing that happens to people. People get swatted all the time. What? Yeah. What do you mean they get swatted all the time? There's like a thing happening where people are literally calling in bomb threats on residential homes and people are getting swatted. Okay, but it's not a thing that happens where someone plays our podcast and a SWAT team shows up. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. So don't worry about the SWAT team. <laughs> that's not real. Fid. If you want to fast forward through the sex stuff, you can. It's really only one section where I say head. No, you say oral. Oral. Yeah, this really isn't that. I think we should just say, disclaimer, we talk about sex in this episode. It's a really, it's a really important conversation, but it's important to know about that in advance. So hi, mom. Hi, dad. I think we should include this whole thing. I think we're doing this. Pause it. We're done. Disclaimer. (laughs) Disclaimed. Consider yourself. Consider it disclaimed. Disclaimed. Can you not do that ever again? Thanks. I think I love you. I think at least I think I do. No, I, I love you. No, I ne- have never once done that. I think I love you. I think You're I love ridiculous. you. I think at least I think I do. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I think I love you. Sorry. Um, it's Monday morning. Uh, it's Monday morning, September 14th. At like 8 in the morning. Wow, uh, one month until our one year. Yeah, September 14th, one month until one year. That's exciting. No surprises that we are talking about sex. <laughs> you ready to do what every couple does and <laughs> have their weirdest conversations live on It's not live. Recording. I'm going to edit it. Yeah, well, yeah. So I sound better. Where do you want to start? Do you want to give like a rough summary of what happened last night so that there's... Sure. Two, or I, I mean, I can. No, I'm happy to. I mean, I think no matter what, there's going to be one-sidedness in these things, but that's okay. Every time I... Uh, not every time, because we woke up this morning and you were like, do you want to record this conversation? And I was like, sure. 
But what I've been thinking about how weird it is or how much it'll suck when I think about the idea that like you and I are actually sitting down right now to have a conversation and hopefully get to some kind of action step or a resolution, then that makes me feel better. So just reminding myself of that. You mean of the weirdness of recording this? Yeah. 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 Okay. So the quick summary is the quickest summary is that we started to have sex last night and then stopped. And then I slept in another room. The less quick summary is that we've been dealing with this issue forever. I mean, this is like our, this is our core thing. And the thing that I guess I should do the actual summary before we start talking about why, um, you go, you give the summary. Um, my summary would be, we were, we were having sex and it wasn't comfortable. Um, and you brought up that it wasn't comfortable for you and we stopped and we discussed whether or not we wanted to keep going. And then you kind of said like, well, do you want to be having sex right now? And I said some version of, I don't know. I mean, I don't think either of us are feeling really hot and bothered right now. So, So this is the, I mean, it's hard to have this conversation. Uh, and I get what you're saying, you know, but in the context of, recording this for our future selves or whatever, or putting it out for the podcast for, you know, versions of us or other people who won't have all the context. Like it's really hard to figure out how much detail you need because like a missing fact there is that part of our normal routine is oral sex for me to you to -hmm. get you to be ready to have sex. And we skipped that last night because you didn't want to do it. So I was like, okay, fine. It's totally fine. And then we decided that... And then it was uncomfortable because we didn't have that part of the routine. And then we decided to stop. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm fine with saying that. That's not... I. Sure. That's why I was asking you to give the summary. So, I mean, I think then we had a bigger conversation about your frustrations with where we are and where we where we haven't gotten to of how like a lot of this is a repeating conversation. Um, and then you want to sleep in another room. Um, right. Riley, do you want to say the summary? I'm not trying to put words into your mouth. No, you go. That's the, like, I don't, that's, this is why I asked you to, to say it. So I'm not trying to spin this at all. No, go um, so then we slept in other opposite rooms. That's, that's like my, from what happened from my side, that's the most honest thing is that I was, I, there are many times where I'm the one who stops us from having sex. I, you were the decider last night. Mm -hmm. And I don't deny that. So do you want me to say what I'm frustrated with? I would love that. The only part that frustrated me last night was when you said that it felt like we're having the same exact conversation over and over again, because everything else I understand and I can empathize with, like, yes, a lot of this is based off of my sexuality and me slowly figuring it out. Yes, you are often the instigator with sex, and that can be very, I'm sure that's really fucking frustrating sometimes. It really bothered me when you said what you said about it being like, we're doing the same shit. This is the same conversation because I think that 
that ignored all of the actual progress that we've made. I do think we've made a lot of progress. There are a lot of things that we do now that we didn't before. An example I'll give that we can cut out or keep is that like we use a vibrator when we have sex frequently now. I never did that before. We never did that. Like that is a thing that I have had to get comfortable doing with you that has happened in the last like six months. Which just for the record wasn't my thing that I brought in. Like it's, I'm just pointing out that it wasn't like me being like, we're going to use a vibrator now. And you'd be like, I got to get used to that. Of course. Yes, of course. It's something we discovered. But again, I think that this gets like to our insecurities that I think that often we're having these conversations. You're thinking about like very rightly your role in this. and You don't want to come off sounding like a needy asshole. My assumption is like, yeah, we've been doing all this stuff. We, and again, it's, it's also me with my insecurities of like, this is always my fucking fault. I'm the one who is still figuring out my pleasure. I'm the one who isn't immediately ready for sex all the time. Like I am in my head often the villain of like not being able to be like really hot and bothered sometimes and having to like explain that I'm still attracted to you and so, all of those things. So that's a weird, that's the weird tension that I think might be the easiest thread to pull to get toward some kind of solution. Um, and is the thing that I do feel like we have not been making any progress on. I agree with you. We've made lots of progress in terms of, uh, I I agree that we've made some progress in terms of like introducing a vibrator as a way to make it easier for you to, as just a way to explore your sexuality and like make sure that you're having a good time when we have sex. I think that's great. I think the tension that I keep hearing is in the one hand there's this anxiety that I hear you voice of like I can't get all hot and bothered and ready to go immediately which I'll come back to I I think is like probably not the thing that we need to be focusing on and then on the other hand the thing that I voiced last night in a more accusatory way than I wanted to last night like I was trying really hard as we sat in the dark trying to figure out how to voice whatever I said as a question or like try to find a way to invite you in but I I genuinely couldn't because I was like I felt so frustrated that we were having the same conversation over and over again but I really want to try to make this not an accusation in the other hand the thing that I said last night was that I feel like I am not just the only one who instigates but the only one who actually is actively involved I and I, and I think it might be because in some ways, because I'm always trying to instigate, you've then put sex in your head in a place of like, try to make this happen as fast as possible because you're doing me a favor rather than something that you actually enjoy. So if it's not something that is for your enjoyment, even if we are you know doing these things like using a vibrator or like having me go down on you or whatever to like have you enjoy it, maybe that's logged somewhere in your brain as like, procedure it's not something that you actually enjoy and so we just try to move through this as fast as possible because i do like the things i said last night i feel like you don't like making out i feel like there's no like actual foreplay and i feel like we just kind of like put you down on the bed and then i like move around you and do things like that and it the shittiest part about this situation the this conversation is not only the thing that you've already voiced of me feeling like this needy asshole who's being like I need you to have better sex for me. (laughs) But it's like, I know that it's an awful thing to say, not because of how it reflects on me, but because of how it makes you feel. But I don't know another way to say it. And And so I think those two things are like weirdly at odds with one another, where it's like, I don't know how to reconcile, on the one hand, the the goal, in quotes, being getting you ready to go immediately. 
and then you also not leaning in. I don't know. Do you know? What I, do you know what I mean at all? Of course I do. The hard thing is that like you know, and I know that this is not you being a needy asshole. And we know that when we're having this conversation, or whoever re-listens to this conversation, I am squarely the villain in this situation right now, and that sucks. Like, you, you know, this is not, there are situations where we've talked about sex where, like, I have felt like you have some culpability. You know you're not being a needy asshole by saying that you want this to be more 50-50. You're being like a human. And I am, like, squarely the villain in this conversation, and that's what makes it really hard for me. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's like, yeah, fucking, you think I don't feel frustrated being like, yeah, me again, having a problem. Me again, being the one who needs to figure this out. Yeah, but I guess that's the... Let's pivot that then. I don't view you as a villain. I view this as, like, just a problem. I view this as, like, a... Just a... Right, but the way that it it felt last night was, like, this was a problem that you were done talking about. That was what it felt like, where it was, like, you're sick of this conversation. It's It hasn't been enough progress quickly enough. To be clear, I left the room last night and slept in another room because I am crazy embarrassed and disgraced and sad about this because in my mind it's genuinely in my mind like it is a a very scary thing to look at to to have these conversations and in the back of my mind I'm thinking like how how do you make your partner attracted to you like that is and and I know that you'll have plenty of things to say about how you are attracted to me and your love language is different and whatever but the reality is that sex is such a core part of what we're going to do as a married couple and to feel over and over again like you don't want to do it with me or that you're not actively interested in it is like devastating and so I left because I am like bathed in shame and I don't know uh I don't know how to start like we should go see a sex therapist because I don't know how to start having this conversation again because I don't feel like I should be the one leading this conversation. And at the same time, I don't think you're a villain. I think you are the core victim and I'm just collateral damage in it. It sucks to be collateral damage, but I think you are the victim of, not victim, like patient. I don't know, I don't wanna say that you're sick, but like, whatever. You are not a villain, something is happening to you, which, would put me in a position as your partner to help you navigate it, but have a really hard time navigating it. Because every time I bring it up again, it's like, why am I not being paid attention to or whatever? And then that doesn't help you solve your problem. So I, maybe I, I just suck at trying to help you navigate it. I don't know. Part of the thing we talked about last night too was you saying, you know, we have this routine that then because it feels routine of like things that we know are safe will like help get you excited. Then that becomes boring or whatever. We only have a few. And so we should go find other things to do. And so you were saying, let's carve out some time and we'll do it together. And I was like, that's great. Um, but I don't, I mean, I don't know how that happens. What are you thinking? I feel really frustrated. What's frustrating you? I guess I just genuinely didn't think that that was how you viewed our sex life right now. Like if I, if someone were to ask me like over the last year, how has your sex life been? I would have said it's been really challenging and really educating. And I feel like we're making progress and I feel like we're taking huge steps. 
and I think that you're right that you are often a more active participant when we're having sex. I also like pretty frequently, if you compare to other relationships, give you head when I'm not like, like that has happened on more than one occasion where I've been like, I really don't really feel like having sex, but like, I, I do think I'm, I know I'm not perfect at this, but like, I do think I'm really trying and I do think that our conversations have changed and I don't know about you. I would guess that this is true for you, but you are the person I've had sex with the most in my entire life. That's a hard thing to figure out. I like, I don't, I don't think that we're going backwards. And I think that the only hard thing is that there's no fucking cultural bench point for us to recognize that this is what happens. Like this is, this is how I, I'm not saying that every couple has the same sex, um, challenges as us. Maybe they have easy sex and there are really big challenges like being able to spend time with one another or, or being able to communicate better. But I guess it just like felt like a huge punch in the gut last night when, like when, when, when we stopped having sex, I genuinely thought we were going to have like a laughing thing. And I was thinking about bringing up to you, like, I'm kind of excited that this happened because this feels like a connecting point for like you being uncomfortable during sex. That happens a lot with me. Even when the sex is great, like sex is weird for women. It's like something inside of you. Sometimes it can like go from feeling really good to feeling really weird back to feeling really good based off of positions and based like from minute to minute. And I, I I like stupidly genuinely was like, I feel like we're going to laugh about this and be like, yeah, now you know how it feels like sometimes to be a girl where it's like, I really want to have sex right now, but this feels shitty. Mm -hmm. Or like, I don't know how this feels. Does this feel good? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, like, whoa, no, this is a really serious conversation. And I just felt like we were falling down the rabbit hole where you were like, I, I guess I just genuinely don't, didn't feel like that. I really did feel like our conversations were changing and that we were trying to be open about our sex life. And I'm down to see a sex therapist. I always have been down for that. I'm down for us to try different things. I know that that's probably frustrating for you to hear because I don't always instigate them. We've also been for the majority of like our open quote unquote, open sexual communications. Half of that time has been living in our childhood bedroom, my childhood bedroom. And I actually thought when we were in LA from the time we came home in November to that, I thought that we made a lot of progress Mm -hmm. and we had a lot of conversations after that one conversation in Montana. Like I, so I guess I just feel, I feel frustrated and I just feel like I get that you feel shame, but I also think that we both know here that I'm the bad guy right now. I don't know why you keep coming back. Tell me about bad guy. Why do you feel like a bad guy? Because this whole thing is you want me, you want to please me. You do and you, you, you will do any, like you are so open sexually. Like you are so willing to try things. You are so focused on my pleasure. You are like always able to get an erection. You are always giving me attention and then like even just now you were like and I know you're gonna say that you have a different love language and that you know whatever and I'm just like I'm not I'm not trying to avoid this I'm not trying to say like well my love language is cuddling I don't want to have sex I do want to have sex we've had sex I think three times since we moved in that's including a friend being with us all weekend like I I I am I am trying and I think that the hard thing for me is not that you think I'm not trying because I know that's not true, 
The hard thing is just being like, wait, you don't think we've made progress? You think we're having the same conversation? So I think we've made progress, but I think we've made progress from like critical zone to red zone. Like I think we have broken down some barriers related to me not hearing any signals from you. Like we've, I think we've done more work on me than we have on you. And I don't, and I'm not saying that that's a failing of yours. I'm saying that that's a failing of ours to create the environment for you to figure your stuff out because the, genuinely like the thing that we talked about on our honeymoon was me not hearing any signals related to when you want to have sex and just badgering you until we have sex. And we do that less. I do that less now, you know, and I'm not saying that that's something that I've had this massive growth through, but I think when I think about how our sex has changed, it is me giving you a little bit more space and I am not perfect and I fuck up all the time still, but like it is me giving you a little bit more space and then us having, um, somewhat more frequent sex where we meet in the middle, where you come to me and I come to you and then we have sex. I think we've made little to no progress in terms of my ability to create an environment where you feel comfortable being vulnerable enough to express your desire to like show that you are interested in what we're doing. Um, and I'm not just saying, I'm not just taking a phrase of like you're failing and then turning it into an us thing just so that I can say what I think you're failing is. I genuinely think that that is a failing of ours to create a specific environment. I think it's, I don't know how we get there, but I imagine it requires me asking better questions and you thinking more critically about what the answers are and being comfortable offering that up. And then when you do that, me reacting the right way and not jumping on it and being like, let's go do it right now. Or if it doesn't work, like still forcing it and you feeling like we still have to have sex, even though you're not comfortable or whatever. Like there's probably a number of like give and take interactions that have to happen. But I, from the last time that we talked about this in the parking lot of picking up seafood, like in the middle of the summer where I was like, I don't feel wanted to the first time I brought it up like nine months ago or whatever it was where Christmas where I was like, I don't feel wanted. I don't feel like there's been any progress on that. And it's not, it's not, um, it's not just your fault, but it is something that terrifies me and makes me sad and makes me feel like shit and makes me want to sleep in the other room because I don't know how to tell, like telling you that doesn't zero in terms of, I imagine in terms of, you actually being interested in me. I can't make you be interested in me. And I, and I also know that you are interested in me. Like I know that you do love me and I know that that, and I know that you have sexual interest in me. You've said it and I believe it. Um, which is why I don't think it's about like me doing things to make you more sexually interested in me. I think it's, about us trying to figure out like how to create the right environment for you to express that. And I will reinforce again, like this is not code when I say like express that to be like, to give me a blow job. Cause it's like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like for you to genuinely 
like enjoy the creative act of us having sex together but it, it just feels like something I'd do to you what are you thinking I'm like resisting a lot of urges to shut down right now I feel really frustrated we can shut it down yeah but I mean that's like regardless of whether we can decide whether we're gonna like upload this or not that's not it's just like I don't know I find it so unfair and not unfair for you but like maybe globally unfair that my relationship with my own sexuality has to have a one-to-one with my attraction to you that's so unfair because when I hear you saying you don't feel like there's been any change in that I'm like holy shit I'm I am obsessed with you. I don't know how many ways to explain that or to or to do that. Like I get that there is so much that I want to improve about our sex life, but when I hear that I'm like that's so fucking unfair that as a woman I have to like move through the guilt and shame I'm taught to feel as a child about female pleasure. I have to move through all the porn that I've watched that has taught me to not care about my pleasure or taught me wrong information about my pleasure. I have to seek out literature. I have to seek out friends who are willing to talk about this. I have to figure out what inspires me. I have to move through all of these hoops that have nothing to do with you and have everything to do with like how I have been taught to not feel good and to not prioritize my own pleasure. And not only that, but that that now has to get tied into whether or not I'm attracted to you is so frustrating to me. And I know that that's not like a, that's not you doing that to me, but I do think that it's like, it's so unfair. It's so unfair that like you get to feel pleasure and feel good about it. And you've always been in, like, you're like you were given like a book about, like, about how to feel like you ever, you were given green lights for this to be easier. And I have to like work through all of these red lights that I've been taught. And I guess my thing is like, I need you to hear me when I say I'm so attracted to you because it is hard for me to move through all of those. And I'm really trying. I'm thinking about it. I'll buy a book about it. Like it is not something that I'm not thinking about, but I cannot have like the weight of figuring out my own shit. And also knowing that like, that that is directly tied to you not feeling wanted by me because I don't know. I feel like I'm really trying to overcompensate and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm working on, I promise you I'm thinking about it. And I, and I want to create, I want to do what you're doing. I want to create ways for us to explore that. Let's plan it. Let's like put it on the books for this week. Let's try that. Let's learn about it. But it just feels so fundamentally frustrating to me that it's like, I have been given no options growing up to consider my pleasure as something to explore. And we met when I was 24. I had never had a relationship prior to you, not a serious one, not one where I like communicated with someone about what I needed. I was never taught in school, by family, my friends, like no one ever discussed like, hey, what makes you feel good? My experiences, like figuring out my own pleasure were ones that were hidden, were ones that were about shame, were ones that are about like, you're in a private room, don't tell your friends that you watch this. And that none of that is your fault, but all of that leads into our relationship. And I need to have that grace of like, I have not had the same relationship to pleasure that you have. And it's not fair, but like, I'm really trying. Like I really, I, again, like I, you're right. You frequently are the active instigator, but why do we think that is? It's not not just me. It's not just this relationship. 
Like I, I, there is a lot of shit that goes into this that has to be talked about when we talk about this, because I can guarantee that this is happening with a lot of other people and that it's just really fucking embarrassing to talk about. But like, I need, I'm, I'm hearing what you need from me and I'm going to like, we can get a sex therapist. I would love that. I would love for someone to help us. We can buy some books. I'll like talk to some friends who are more sex positive than me and like find out some books to read. There are total action steps, but what I need from you, I need you to like, at least just tell me that you're trying to remember that like my attraction to you, your, the outcome of it is totally affected by all this cultural shit. It just can't, I can't bear like the weight of that because I am trying to figure out my own shit and to communicate it with you and to like do all of these things that I've never been given the language for. And I just can't like, I, I don't know how else to like tell you how attracted to you I am. I've been like in love with, like I, and I know that that's my calling card, but I mean it. Like, I think you are like, I, I am, I blush when I think of your face. Like I, I truly am so physically attracted to you. And it's really, really hard for me because it's like, I, I feel like I'm like in a class that I was never given the textbook for. And we are three years into a relationship, but we are one year into I- even beginning to like openly communicate about this. And we still have a long way to go. And I just like, it's really hard when I hear that like I am just fundamentally failing at, at, at addressing the things that you have brought up to me because you have brought them up to me and you deserve to feel wanted. And I just feel so fucking frustrated because I'm like, yeah, I want to make you feel wanted too. I want to feel wanted. I want to be able to explore all this stuff. But like, I'm in a course I'm teaching myself. Like, I just, I, like, I, it's just not easy. It's not easy to seek out. It's not easy to, to, to know what the answers are with female pleasure. Like, it's not just that I'm going from A to Z. It's that I'm behind the starting line in terms of like how I understand what female pleasure should look like. And I'm trying, I'm trying, but like, there is a lot of shit to move through. I, I think it's really hard to think about separating those two things. Like I, I, I totally appreciate the idea of saying you have all of this cultural baggage to move through for yourself and you can't be, you can't bear the burden of knowing that it's affecting whether or not I think my wife is actually physically attracted to me I think it's impossible to separate those two things and to say we're just going to focus on um, like your sexuality or mine or whatever because it's ours like it's we don't have any other sexual partners we like and I I don't want to say that your sexuality is our sexuality because even though we don't have other partners, like you can go masturbate or like, there's like, I guess I am walking back the idea that it's just our sexuality because it's a Venn diagram of our sexuality, sexualities, whatever. But I guess my thing is like, take 10 seconds to really think about that. Like imagine all the sex that you've had with other people never had to do with your pleasure. Imagine that the assumption was someone else's pleasure. Imagine that all the porn that you've ever watched was based off of someone else's pleasure. And that like all the, all the indicators that you learned about what it means to have pleasure were faked. But then wouldn't we be in a situation where I would be like, we need to focus on you. Like we need to like figure out what's going on here. Like I, I don't, I'm going to try to like reposition my tone because I am not accusing you of anything here. It's not like we're sitting here 
and saying like, we spend all of our time on me and I really think that we're headed towards something terrible if we don't figure out your sexuality. Like you haven't had an orgasm in a long time and like I'm super fulfilled, but we need to figure out you. That would make a ton of sense if that was the case, if like pornography and whatever else were indicators. What I'm saying is that I don't think either of us are really fulfilled because of what I am seeing is like a failure in the environment that we're creating for you to feel like you can be an active participant. So do you know what I mean? Like, I, of I course. guess, but so I guess then it's like, but if it were the former, sorry, you go. No, no, I wasn't, I'm listening. I was just going to say, if it were the former situation where it's like me being like, you got to stop focusing on me. We got to figure out you. Then that makes a ton of sense. And I can see like how, like I can see what the rubric is for that class. But do you know what I mean? I, yeah. Again, like I, I agree with you. What I'm saying is that it feels to me, it feels to me like I don't think that, I don't know if you fully understand like the extent of what I mean when I say like, it is so hard to move through all of this shit. It's been one year of me trying to unpack everything I've learned about not caring about my own pleasure and not knowing what that means. So when you say, yeah, I want you to be a more active participant in sex or like, I want us to figure this out. I'm like, yeah, of course, me too. But I think the reason why I said like, I want you to imagine, like, I really want you to like, imagine that you have been raised to never talk about sex, to not have it be okay to masturbate, to not talk about it with friends, to have sex with people who don't even ask if you're if it feels good, to never have that be even the assumption of whether sex was good. And to go through that as a teenager and then as an adult and then get to the point where you're with someone and be like, have it be an actor. It's like, yeah, I know. I know. But like this, this is going to take more time for me. This is hard. This is not small. This is. And the reason why I'm focusing on this is because I genuinely believe that that is what I'm working through. I don't think it has to do. I don't think the problem is what's going on with our shit. I think it's how that stuff is impacting our shit. Yeah. And I think I, I, of course, yes, of course it would be easier and simpler if this was an issue of like, all of that stuff is leading to a sex. I, I get that what you're, you are already behaving in a way that prioritizes my pleasure, but that doesn't change that. I still have to like, even though I'm in the moment with you and we're focusing on me, it's still hard because it's like, I feel like I'm like. I'm still working with the previous set of assumptions that have been ingrained in me biologically, culturally, like all of these things that I think are, are way deeper than subconscious. Mm -hmm. It's like all of this shit. Mm -hmm. And when I guess it just feels sometimes like that when I'm talking to you about that, or when we've had these conversations, it has felt like maybe you view that as something I'm leaning on, or maybe that is like, you think it's part of that, but that there's a bigger part that's between us. And that is what, frustrates me because I'm just like imagine that everything that you've been taught about sex was the exact opposite and now you're being told like well just flip it he loves you mm-hmm. he wants he cares about your pleasure mm-hmm. and it's like right but since I was 11 I've been like hiding everything that I understand about pleasure totally get that um what I'm <clears throat> what I'm pushing on is I I agree with what not agree because there's no you're not asking me to, whether I agree or disagree I I understand what you're saying about all of that cultural baggage running up smack dab at odds with what you and I are trying to do 
now and over the course of the last year, over the course of the last three years, whatever. What I'm trying to make sure that we're doing is really diagnosing the problem the right way. Like, I think that those are all the factors, like that cultural baggage that you have. Um, I think for us to say, so therefore, um, you have a weird relationship with your own pleasure is half of the problem. I think it is challenging for your relationship with your own pleasure and how you view mine. And I'm not saying that because I'm like, I don't want to be forgotten about, like, we have to make sure that this is about me. I'm saying that I think I, I think it's going to be a lot harder if we have a half diagnosis of what's going on. And maybe this is a moot point because if we figure out how to get down to the, you know, core ways that your baggage is affecting your relationship with your own pleasure, then that's the core of it. And that will solve how you view my pleasure. But that's all I'm trying to get us to align on. I, I totally understand that that's probably a major factor and is a major cause of what's going on. And it's less about you and I. Um, but do you understand how I'm trying to widen how we're thinking about the diagnosis of the problem here? Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that also opens up multiple avenues. Like it's a lot of pressure for us to look at you and say, how do we solve your sexuality? And again, I know that this all sounds like I'm saying, like, so maybe we could experiment on me a little bit. But if the if the baggage that you're dealing with is, if we're viewing it as weight on your sexual activity and behavior as a whole, not just with it pointed at your sexuality, like it's a lot for us to walk into a room and be like, we're going to figure out what feels good for you versus like we're going to figure out how to create an environment where you feel free while we're having sex. Yeah, that all sounds great. But do you do you, Okay. No, I'm like I'm I agree with you. Yes, I want all of that. I I I think you're I think you're completely right. I like let's do it. That's that's the thing where it's like, yeah, let's let's find a sex therapist. Let's do assignments. Let's do all of this. I agree with you, Riley. It's just hard, uh, it's hard having had conversations where, like, I, I believe that you agree with me because you love me, but I don't know that you hear what I'm saying at all. I get that because things haven't changed and we've said it in the past. I could say the same in your direction where it's like, you could reach out to a sex therapist. You could put time in the books for us. No, no, I'm asking you if you are actually processing what I'm saying about this diagnosis of your sexuality because you've just voiced a lot about how you think it is affecting your own relationship with your own sexuality. Right. And I just said, I think it's bigger than that. I think it's affecting how you view sex as a whole. Absolutely. So even though you're saying things to the point of like, you go down on me and whatever, and like that's an indication that it's not about your relationship to my pleasure but your own I need you to say something that indicates that you are processing this on a deeper level I don't really know what you're asking of me you want me to say something beyond I completely agree with you yeah normally when we really align on something one of us says something back as a point counterpoint um yeah I mean I think I'm sure that all of the stuff that I'm talking about that impacts how I instinctually 
acknowledge my own pleasure, I'm, I'm sure that all of that impacts how I treat you as well and how I treat you when we have sex. I, yeah, I mean, I absolutely. I mean, my information is based off of no information, off of don't ask for anything, and off of porn. So, like, yeah, the porn in the videos certainly isn't about, like, real connection for the man either. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're completely right. Thanks. What What am I not giving you right now? No, that's fair. Because I, 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 I think you're right. I'm not... Yeah, like, I think the reason why I'm saying yes is because it's like, yeah, absolutely. Of course it's going to affect you. Yeah, that's like a part of the conversation that we don't talk about when we're talking about like what women are denied. I think because often it's like, yeah, well, right now we want to talk about the women and how like all their shit is denied. But I think you're completely right that that ignores a crucial part of it, which is that my own restrictions to pleasure impact your pleasure as well and like my inability to feel free impacts your freedom as well um yeah and i think probably pretty cyclically too you know not just like your issues impact my issues it's like your issues impact my issues which compound your issues definitely i think I think that we're in more alignment than it felt like last night about what we see as the problem. I think that we could be taking more action steps. The only thing that I would want to bring into this conversation is I think this is so much more universal than it feels for us. And that's not to say it's not a problem. It's not to say we shouldn't do anything about it, but it is to say like, There are moments where I feel, and this might just be in my head, that it feels like you can't understand why our sex life is this complicated or that you feel like, well, maybe you're thinking and you've never said this, but maybe you're thinking like, this is fucking easy for my friends. This is easy for our other couple friends. And I don't think that's true. I think that this is like the most shameful thing that women have to deal with and that a lot of men don't even aren't even given the language to talk about this. But I think that that would be one thing that I would like for us to bring into this conversation. And maybe we could be like affirmed if we started talking to someone else is that this is the foundation of sex between men and women is like what we're taught, the way that we're taught in school, the way that we're taught through porn, all of these things like lead us down very binary paths. And I think that this is a much more common issue than it feels like when, like, I think that we both feel very fucking isolated when we talk about this. And I think that it often makes me feel threatened of like, I feel like my relationship to you is so fantastic. And I'm like, what if my friends find out that we have these issues with our sex life? They're going to think that like, we're not as perfect as we might look or, and I think that the truth is that like these feelings of shame and not knowing how to perform pleasure and not knowing how to be free are really common And I think that if we were to insert that into these conversations more often, it might make us feel more comfortable, like exploring solutions to be like, we're not broken. It's not that we're broken. It's that we're like working how to create a more equitable sexual relationship in a really broken system. And maybe if we talked about that more often, it would be easier because we wouldn't feel like we're attacking each other. And that's maybe why I bring up this 
like this isn't just me is because it often feels like I'm a like I'm a broken Barbie because I can't do all this stuff and Mm. I have to remind myself like no one taught you to do this stuff everyone like I'm gonna and I'm I don't want to cry during this because that's so like unfair that whenever you bring this shit up I cry but like I have to remind myself that it's like no one ever told me it was okay to feel good and that's and no one ever told you like here's how you unlock your partner you know and this is probably the aspect of our relationship that is hardest to crack because we were dealing with like centuries old shit and all of it is unspoken it's not something that you can just be like hey you know how in history class we didn't learn about redlining it's like hey you know all those health classes that we were supposedly taught about sex no one ever taught me about what it means to like explore your own sexuality Mm -hmm. no one ever did that and like all those all those those like four other guys i had sex with before you none of them were ever like hey does this feel good was that good for you and all of them were nice Mm mm-hmm So, like, that's the ironic thing, too, is that when I've talked to you about my previous sexual history, I've been like, yeah, I've been lucky. Like, even though I haven't been in a lot of loving relationships, I have, like, always been treated with respect. And even in those encounters, there was never a focus on my pleasure. So it's not like I was, like, learning and exploring leading up to you, even though I thought I was. It was like, that was fine sex. That was cool. And it's also, like, really easy to frankly like be wet when you're having like an adrenaline fueled first time with someone. So that doesn't mean that it was like more sexually arousing. It means that I had sex with people briefly and I didn't learn anything from it. I mean, I think that hopefully we can find someone who can like give us more language for this, but I think that would help me a lot is having us work from like a shared understanding that we are not broken. And this isn't a fault that we have created. It's that by nature of where we live and how we have been raised and the fact that we're a white woman and a white man, we are working from a broken understanding. And like what we're doing is not trying to catch up with everyone else. It's we are trying to like move past what was, what we have been born into, which is a really broken system of like heteronormative sex. Which probably also applies in different, if not identical ways to other races too. Sure, I just don't want to speak for that. I'm just saying, like, the, yeah. the way that we've been raised. Like, we are, like, very much in the quote-unquote mainstream of society, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I just, I'm sure that there are other challenges for other races and for other sexualities that I just don't think I can speak to. Yeah, definitely not. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think all that makes sense. I think the thing that I'll be really interested to dig into with a therapist is... Um, how is how to reconcile all of this cultural baggage, all of this stuff that says, you know, you aren't free to explore your sexuality or focus on your pleasure or whatever is like, how does that reconcile with, um, you and I being in our bedroom with the door shut and like over and over again, me being like me trying to like verbally explicitly demonstrate that it's a focus like it's you are free like Jesus is not here and uh like I care about your pleasure and let's do whatever you want to get there 
like even though it's not like redlining where you read about it in a book and you figure it out i still i have a really hard time wrapping my head around like what the blockage is that's left because you can't be more direct than being like we are alone in our bedroom and i've explicitly said you know you're safe like this is a th- this like let's do this let's explore whatever and the, you know so it's like i i get the cultural baggage thing but i you go i just the way that you're talking about it i i don't know if you do fully empathize with it because it's like it's like a religion like if i were evangelical it would take a lot more for me to feel free trying anal than you saying like it's you're fine you're safe you don't it's like and i know that that's an extreme example but like it's not that simple when you ask me what i want my mind goes blank i'm pretty sure evangelical people do a lot of butt <laughs> stuff because i think that's a workaround for premarital yeah, sex okay, right i guess what i'm saying is that when you when you create those situations for me i appreciate them but it feels like someone is it feels like I'm in the center of a circus ring and you've handed me the fiery batons and you're like, well, you can perform now. You, we're fine. There's a fireman here. No one's in the ring. Like you can just practice. And I'm like, wait, what? I've never even been given the instructions. So when you say like, well, just tell me what feels good. I'm like, I don't know. So I think that that's where it would be really helpful for us to maybe talk to someone who gives like an assignment where it's like, okay, just do this. And then you and I can be like, okay, we've been told, we've been given our assignment, let's do this. And then maybe it's less, there's less of an onus on me to be like, okay, maybe it'll feel good if you put an ice cube around myself. Like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. So there's, and I'm not saying that we have to solve this now. And I think you're totally right that that's, that those two things are, that these two things I'm about to say are connected and are something that a therapist will help us with and not stuff that we have to solve right now. But I do think that there is a big difference between having the technical know-how of what to explore or how to dial in on your own sexuality. That totally makes sense to me as something that, you know, you could get closer to via trial and error or whatever, but like maybe you actually do need an expert to be like, here, here's the way, here's the way. Um, That is a separate thing from like free exploration or like allowing yourself to do whatever you know it doesn't have to be that we are attempting this like with surgical precision this thing that we have a theory will unlock your sexuality that is like a learned like explicit thing yeah on the other side just the freedom to try anything to do to you know what i mean yeah i think those are separate things yeah but i think we've been conflating them a lot yeah i think that that's true and i think just like as an example of how embedded a lot of this cultural stuff is in terms of like me having to not just get over it, but like, like I know that you think I'm really beautiful and that you love my body. You perform it, you say it out loud, you show it to me with your body language. And yet like I have a, I would, I would give up 15 years off of my life to be permanently 20 pounds lighter. And I think that growing up, I would have thought like, well, once you're married and you like, you are literally the guy I had a crush on. Like, it should be so much validation for me that you find me beautiful. And yet I still frequently am uncomfortable being naked with you with the lights on. Cause I'm like, I feel so fat. And I think that that's an example of like 
how deeply embedded this cultural shit is for me of like wanting to look like a certain person and thinking that I need to look like that person to have good sex and thinking like, maybe I don't want to go on top because like, I don't look like the girls I've seen who go on top and all of those things. And I'm just bringing that up to, to just like give you a more concrete example of it's really like profoundly intricate shit of like how I've been programmed to think that I need to look a certain way. I need to talk a certain way. I need to do all of these things in order to have good sex as opposed to being like what I should feel like, which is whether or not I have abs has literally nothing to do with my sexual pleasure. And I can say that intellectually and be like, of course Mm -hmm. I can have good sex without looking a certain way, but I can feel it impact me like on a very, um, like a muscle memory way. Like that's how deep it feels for me when it's like, Oh God, I don't want to be in this position. I can like feel that I have roles. And it's like this awful thing where as it's happening intellectually, I can be like, Riley thinks you're so hot. You are fine. And I can still be like, Nope, don't want to be in that position. I feel ugly. Mm. Uh, He's not going to want to have sex with me. And so it's like unpacking this shit, I think requires like a serious unlearning in a way that's much harder to me than like the unlearning of systemic racism because I am at the center of it as opposed to me being like, okay, I understand like white supremacy. I can learn about this and be like, oh shit, the color of law. I think I have to do that with sexuality and be like, oh shit, on a biological level, this is what's happening. And like, oh shit, I can't believe how many magazines I've read that have made me feel that have just slowly programmed me into thinking that I... To hate yourself. To, to hate myself. Like, we, we joke about how, like, there are basically five women I look up on Instagram. I don't follow any of them because I know it's not good for me. And they are the f- only people I search. All of them are women that I think I should look like. And that's part of this sex. Like, all of this comes back to that. And I'm not trying to underplay anything. But it's just, like, to give us... To remind us both of, like, what at least I know I'm working through is like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is hard to stop caring about. Yeah. This is really hard to separate myself from. And I think it would really help maybe to read about it, but for us to maybe talk to like a few different people and be like, give us a first step because it's so scary for me for you to be like, the world is your oyster. Let's do whatever you want. And I'm like, wait, what, what's going to make me look, what, what activity is going to make me look good to you? What activity is going to make me look good from a, what's going to, what's going to make the lighting look good? What's going to make me look like I'm having fun? What's going to make Riley have fun? What's going to maybe bring me to orgasm, but that's like never my top priority. And it's like, how can I make that my top priority regardless of what you want? Cause I know you want me to feel good, but like getting me to want me to feel good as a top priority is really hard. Mm-hmm. And it would require me being more confident in like both your sexual appreciation for me and in my confidence in this relationship because I think it would often be like yeah I don't want to have sex today let's do a bunch of different stuff or like I want to do x y or z and I've never tried it before so like shit might go wrong halfway through in which case I need you to feel fine like turning the switch off and being like all right not going any farther than that like knuckle deep in a butthole like didn't like it (laughs) so I guess that's just kind of how I'm like, yeah, we definitely need to talk to someone because I need someone else to be, I need someone else to affirm me and be like, you're not fucking crazy and you're not broken. Mm -hmm. And that's silly because I know that that's also your job, but you have said like, I would love to work with a female sex therapist who can say like, yeah, this is like the heart of the heart of whatever, what we're working with is like, it's really fucking hard to depro. I feel like that would like release me a little bit. Yeah. 
to and have someone else just be like, yeah, it's not easy to prioritize your own pleasure. Just to be abundantly clear, uh, when we find a sex therapist, we are going to find a female sex therapist. <laughs> We're not going to be like, hey, Dr. This Jeff, tell me how to pleasure my wife. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. And I specifically something that you're saying that's interesting me is interesting to me is the freedom to explore stuff that is not necessarily uh like not everything that we do when we get into bed together has to be directly pointed at the end goal but mm-hmm. the pressure is so high now because we haven't figured out you know how to actually like consistently navigate our way toward the end goal in quotes of orgasm mm-hmm. the f- the fun is in like the random stuff that doesn't necessarily lead directly to orgasm right that you know what i mean like that those flippant things are the things that get you there right you know and i and that is something that i would love to hear from a sex therapist is like how do you let yourself meander off the path and then back on because I think that is how you walk down the path. Right. So scary. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. Hold my finger. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Our mics are too far away. Okay, so challenge for this week. Let's each look into that. Yeah. Like, let's have that be something we do by next week. I think we should each... um, find one lead for a therapist and I think we should each find at least one uh, material book or article or podcast or whatever. So here's also my request. I would love for us to like literally start this journey based off of their recommendations. What do you mean? I guess what I'm saying is like, I think that you and I could both go online and look up 50 tips for different types of foreplay, but I think that it's going to be, it could be really helpful for us to have a third party being like, okay, here's what you guys should try this week. And then starting from there so that it almost feels like this is not on us to come up with the right assignment. It's like almost being like, this is out of us. It's like, we can come at this equally. Mm -hmm. Like we have shared from a shared perspective been told to try this thing this week Mm -hmm. as opposed to like well riley told me to flick my nipples a lot and (laughs) see if that works like do you know what i mean yeah i think that that's how i want to do this i find an article written by like a dude who comments on pornhub you create a website create a blog (laughs) make it look really good and you're like you have to give me a blowjob every day the website says yeah three times a day (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so much semen um yeah i think that sounds good does that make you feel like we're moving forward? Do you feel like you've been heard? Yeah, thank you. Um, and again, like the last thing that I want to do is make this. But it is about you, and I think that's some me. cultural shit that we have that you've been taught. Like, don't complain if you're getting off, whatever. No, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like, I have now brought this up twice in recorded conversations and probably four or five times total you know so like i agree that that's a barrier um not just something that i was brought up with culturally but i think probably something that's actually more recent and more acute of like finally like women's lib me too like all of these movements happening Mm -hmm. of saying like this 
has to be about other voices besides white male voices. Right. Broadly speaking, even outside of us, I think just to focus on one and not the other is like trying to cram 10 pounds of humanity into a two pound box right. or whatever. And I think you need to, th- I think the proper strategy is to be thinking critically about what needs to be dislodged on the side of the, in quotes, patriarchy to mm-hmm. make room for other groups too, you yeah. know? And so I think to apply that to us, it's like, I'm fighting through other things in my brain that have been taught to me by Twitter to be like, don't talk about yourself. Right. Let your wife speak. Right. To realize that part of what I'm voicing about my own shit is probably not probably is connected to your shit and we need to figure out both of them. Yeah. And you need to be clear about what you need because that has to be like a it's great if that can be part of this foundationally. Two dragons swirling. <laughs> Why do I feel like it's going to be a back tattoo? I haven't watched uh, Starsky and Hutch in far too long. We don't need to watch that. I love that movie. I feel like that's going to be like Hot Rod. <laughs> yeah, that was a mistake. Which Riley made us watch a few weeks ago and was like, it's going to hold up. And it did not. Yeah. Okay, what did you learn this week? I, isn't this an aberration? Isn't this kind of like a... Yeah, we don't have to learn let's anything. Let's park it and find a sex therapist. Yeah. 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 Let's do some research. Find a person. Okay. Bye. <laughs> let's just go about our day now. <laughs> so long. So many people ask me all the time, like, how do you do your podcast and then just go back to normal life? And oh, I'm like, yeah? <laughs> do so many people ask you? Okay, let's end this. I think I love you I think I love you